You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 35, Talking 200 with Eric Larson. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that goes over and above. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. We are back again for a giant-sized episode with a giant-sized personality. The one, the only, Eric Larson will be with us to discuss the great, um, what's the word, uh, milestone <laughs> issue, Savage Dragon 200 is upon us. Yes, this is going to be great. I can't wait to talk to him. I mean, I think that issue took me about an hour to get through, 100 pages, and it's chock full of good stuff so i can't wait to get down to it and really talk about it and and understand the process we've got a huge interview uh ahead of us so we are going to keep this uh slim and trim uh real quick we're not going to do trivia this uh this episode but the uh previous trivia it will still be um send in your answers uh craig if you want to remind everyone what that question was oh you're gonna put me on the spot all right, so we're not going to award uh, the winner for last month's trivia question because we're not going to do a trivia uh, question this month. We're going to tie in the two months, so you still have time to send it in. Um, just to recap, last month's trivia question was, name the deceased Vicious Circle member who briefly starred in a TV show based on Dragon's exploits as a cop. So mm. if you know that, send your responses to savagefincast at gmail.com. And one winner will be chosen of all the correct entries to win a G-Man Learning to Fly trade paperback, including uh, that includes the Savage Dragon Gmail co- crossover. And I actually got uh, Chris G to sign it and sketch a little G-Man on the inside cover. He was at my local comic shop uh, a month or so ago, and and uh, he did that for me. So that will be your prize to win if you can answer our trivia question. Now back to your regu- regularly scheduled program. Do, 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 do. All right, so let's talk 200. First of all, uh, congrats, Eric, on a super huge, cool accomplishment of reaching 200 consecutive issues. Golf clap. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was something, huh? Took a little longer than, than I thought it would, but well, we got there. It's weird to be in the 200s now because it's like there's no there's no turning back, you know. You just round, <laughs> round that corner and suddenly it's like that's the way it is from here on out. <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, in terms of like the comic book world, it's a huge thing. When when like your family, like dealing with your family, do they take you out to dinner or something like that? Congratulate you for hitting 200, or is that just like another day? No, no, this is another day. <laughs> it's not an ordeal around here. Like, dad doing comics is like, oh yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? Okay, <laughs> moving on. 
it's kind of it's kind of weird though when you think about it. I mean, you know, yeah. everyone's giving you kudos, and it's a super huge kind of thing. And then you know, high, if, high fives all around. <laughs> and then at home, it's like, oh, that's what Dad does. He's, he's, <laughs> he's in his room again. Okay. It's funny because I eat a steak dinner every time I complete like five pages. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was to be like, man, he's got like a license to go out and kill one human. <laughs> you did it, man. You get off. Yeah. All right. Hmm. But I mean, but seriously though, I mean, when you finish this big issue 200, I mean, I'm sure you're super jazzed about it. Like, what are your outlets on that? You just kind of go online, talk to people, you know, yeah, a phone bit. call to someone. Kinda, well, there's there's a whole process that goes along with doing every issue in which you you get it done. And then you send it out to, like, I've got a list of, like, 15 people that yeah. I send it to to proofread. And so a lot of that is it, the, the end part of the process is just getting people to go, you use the wrong there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, just finding various typos. And no one person ever finds all of them. And it's, right. it's like, oh, man, this is... So if you guys aren't all finding the same ones, then I must be screwing up too. You know, there must be ones that are getting into print. Right. <laughs> Generally, I think it's been it's been pretty good. It's worked out pretty well. So, but that's the last the last stage of it is is you go through that, and that's usually a day. And then there's kind of this period where you're sitting there. Uh, flipping through the JPEGs forever, going, okay, okay, they got everything. Is it done? Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then other stuff crops up, and they're like, oh, we need a cover for this immediately. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess the vacation's over. <laughs> sucks all the fun out of your finger. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's an ongoing thing. So you, you the, the next issue is is immediately there. It's like, oh, by the way. That issue, that issue 200 that you wanted to have out in November is going to be out in December, which means, you know, everything else is suddenly late. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, I mean, it's pretty awesome, though. I mean, you, it was only delayed by like a month, but you're talking about a 100-page issue, you know, <laughs> with a lot of different people. I'm impressed it's out in 2014. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy it's, it's made, it made it. As our Christmas comes early, man, I couldn't yeah. even believe it. I was like, "Holy cow, perfect!" Yeah, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. Well, it, so, it's a, yeah, it's, it's it came out by my birthday, so I'm good. <laughs> nice. And so, it's, it takes a lot to get through. I mean, there's so many stories in here, and so much different stuff going on. It. I just wanted to take a minute to kind of go through everything because I think you've hit almost every genre besides like Western comics in this book. I mean, <laughs> y- you got the main stories, kind of the edgy street level hero. You got the Flash Mercury strips, which kind of are like alternative comics feel to it. You got a World War II action story. You got the Angel and Glum, which is like a sci-fi story. Football Malcolm is kind of like a high school superhero thing the the sos you know you got your golden age characters in there for that story glum versus dragon kind of got that silver age kirby-ish kind of feel to it uh lightning bug versus wild hair has got a more of a modern feel with modern coloring uh 
Daredevil, that strip comes off like a horror comic. Vanguard, <laughs> you know, it, it's another space adventure. Dragon Burt's kind of got the parody strip going on. And then Desperate Times has got you more like newspaper style comic strip. It's like you got everything in there. That, like, the only thing I can think of is maybe a Western comic style yeah, thing was missing. And porn, really, but we kind of got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> God love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I was hoping for milestone events around 200, I just... You had no idea. I couldn't have hoped for better. Uh, yeah, that was really... After 199, it's like, well, I can't do bigger than that. I can't do triple, triple page spread. I can't have everything folding out. You know, so it's like, all right. Really, the the... That was that was the thing I wanted to get in issue two hundred. It was like, okay, Malcolm now goes that next step. His he he becomes a man, kind of thing. <laughs> and does he ever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't just uh, graduate into manhood. He explodes into manhood's world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new book. Yeah, it's awesome. I was. Uh, <laughs> As I read that, I was like, you know, that's masterstroke genius level. Because I remember there was, we talked about, we were like, well, you know, it's like what middle of a trade and the re, the big, like his son takes over the book was 193. And we were like, what can really 200 be? Yeah, it's like issue eight. Let's celebrate issue eight. You know, but, <laughs> but, you know, he's, but he, at that point, he's 18, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he, he makes that move sort of between panels as, as a lot of things end up being. Um, and, and so it's like, okay, that, that actually kind of makes some sense that this would happen at some point. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you wrestle with the idea at all? When, when um, page 10 was wrestling. Which which one was page 10? 10 was when uh, when Angel just kind of was taking off her shoes going, okay, I guess we're doing this. (laughs) Um, That page, the the thing is that because of the way that the issue is laid out where suddenly they're, they're, you know, page 11, they're, they're fighting and they're, and they're going to rescue dragon. So page 11 on at least visually wasn't really going to change you know, based on what happens on page ten, so page ten could have could have easily been uh, Angel just kind of moping around, just kind of going, "Can you guys get dressed or something? <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go. We're trying to we're trying to rescue a man here, you know." And we and that pretty much could have been it, and that would have been fine. And then, in terms of them having their discussions over over the fight. Then it would be like, wow, so Malcolm, you really did this. That's pretty cool, you know, or, or whatever. You know, it's just uh, you, you graduated from, from boy to man. Congrats, kid. Um, but then, then it was like, shit, I could do this, and this would be kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you think? And it was, and it was something where I actually sent it, sent it to a couple people. I sent it to Gavin. I sent it to a friend of mine who I kind of bounce ideas off of. And, 
And both of them were like, yeah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) My friend was like, you're a pervert. Go for it, man. It's like, all right, well, yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. That really did, if it was just him and Maxine, it'd have been like, oh, okay, good. Happy ending. (laughs) It was the menage a trois. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a whole new world, man. So it gave it the je ne sais quoi. And, and I see your yeah, the hijinks continue. <laughs> I see you're a fan of uh, Michael Gilbert's Mr. Monster too. Yeah, I <laughs> about doing that because I was like, oh, that's a that's a funny idea. <laughs> I, I thought just as a brand name that 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 would work really well. Um, and so I contacted him and said, hey, I want to do this and. Showed him the the panel of Maxine with a big grin on her face, holding in her between her fingers, and he was like, "Yeah, go for it." It's like, "All right, <laughs> you rock, man." <laughs> I didn't know how well that would read in print. It's a little, it's a little small in print to be. If you recognize the logo, you're like, "Oh, totally, I, I know what that is." If you don't well, recognize the yeah. logo, it's like. Eh. I'm not 100% sure what I'm looking at. I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I, I struggled kind of looking at it a little, and then I was like, I could read it said Mr. Monster, and I'm like, is that like the same font that they use in the actual comic, or you know, is that just a coincidence? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the same exact font. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun times. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a lot of cool like callbacks on that, like with the the, the scene with uh, Malcolm uh, in the shower, you know, and it kind of uh, it kind of calls back to Dragon and Rapture in the shower. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you too. Uh, I uh, had a butt clenching fear moment as I read it. I just was afraid Maxine was going to answer the door and get blown oh, away. Oh, get shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, don't let this happen! <laughs> don't let her answer the door." Yeah, that was that was definitely like something where 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 I where it was definitely alluding to Dragon and and Debbie from a million years ago. You know, where there's a knock in the door and she goes and answers the door. So I was like, "Oh, right, let me have that kind of thing again, where it's where it could go either way." You know, if she answered the door and and there was trouble there. Look out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Malcolm I was opens, afraid. Mal- Malcolm opens the door and he gets shot in the head. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, God sword right between the eyes. I have to mop this up again. God damn. <laughs> so yeah. they're, they're actually living together. Is on the is on the DL. So um, sure, her parents don't know that she's living with with Malcolm. And, I, thought, I thought she screamed it at them. Well, she's like, I'm moving out. I'm, I'm leaving. She wasn't like, I'm moving. I don't think. Maybe I, I can't remember. If I did, then then I just screwed that up. But the kids, <laughs> but like when he's at school, then the kids are going, hey, come on, let's go do, have some fun. He's not saying to them, by the way, I'm living with my gr- girlfriend and I'm going home to screw right now. So yeah, <laughs> whatever plans you have aren't as exciting as that. Right. You'd be like, sorry, but I, I bone all night. This is this is my life now, man. I mean, <laughs> I really do it, and I'm pretty happy to be the guy doing it. So <laughs> no complaints there. 
I kind of, I like the the new dynamic though because in the past you know Dragon was always kind of like the you want to say aggressor but the the, the the guy that was going after you know get, yeah. getting laid and everything and Maxine's kind of taking the role here uh, kind of almost like the dominant role and Malcolm's just kind of <laughs> following. He's like okay. Yeah, it, it's, he, it's neat. He, he kind of instigated it, but she went along with it, you know, where right. it's like, I kind of figured we'd be, but it's sort of that thing where you, you're half, half joking, half serious. Like if she, if she responds well to this, this is, this is <laughs> awesome. If she doesn't, well, you know, there's room to back off <laughs> you know? and instead of, instead of going, ah, well, this is awkward. It was, it was Okay. That's, that's what I was thinking. It's like, whoa, hey, life is good. <laughs> and, it, and it thrusts a lot of character development into this. Uh, there's uh, a lot of thrusting. Yeah, no pun intended. But uh, it, does, it makes Maxine a more interesting character, I think. I don't know. I, I love the shit out of Maxine, to be honest. I, I, she's just the most fun character to write. Maxine so. is the best. <laughs> Best dragon girl yet. Really, of all, yeah, of all dragon girlfriends, that that it would be Maxine. Twenty two years into the book, it's like, wow, okay, cool. You know, right. I tried and tried and tried to make Jennifer into something, and she would never clicked ever at, at right. any level. And it's and Maxine just kind of hit the ground running, and it's like, wow, she's completely awesome right out of the gate. Yeah. Totally agreed. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm slightly worried about their relationship now. It seems like a hard balance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially as time goes on. Oh, I know. No, it's but but it 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 opens up a lot of potential there, which is what I like. I, I'm I'm right. slightly. I'm also curious. Um, I, I might be getting ahead of myself, but the the Daredevil backup was um. Was that written like way ahead or which one? Uh, the, uh, the 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 one the Nikos one. Yeah, it, the Nikos one with Ace Daredevil. Up with Daredevil. Yeah, basically their relationship moves forward. It just seemed like a kind of a weird. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Everything is written. All the backups were written several months ahead. Ah, uh, you know, so so it's it's all it's it's all there and and and. Really, the the lead story, I didn't know where the hell I was going with that until I drew it. So, right. you know, there's there's some stuff in there. I tried to hit it a little bit with some some dialogue going. Well, where's this going? It's like, well, I don't know. Um, but we'll we'll you know we'll take it from there, and it it goes somewhere or it doesn't. So there's there's still stuff to say and stuff to do there. Right. In fact, uh, in, a, in the next issue, I do kind of pick up from where Nikos left things. So the idea being that that, that story takes place sometime after the lead story. Okay, so it, it does take place after. Yeah, it's not a flashback. Just as, as Dragon and, and Glum's story clearly takes place after, after right. the events of the lead story. Okay, I was some, just... of, some of those things are flashbacks. Um, Malcolm in football, uh, playing football, uh, probably took place when he was a, a, a junior in high school. Right. Uh, 
not a senior. Um, so there's there's a little bit of back and forth on that. May I ask a question then? Uh, is if the backups? I'm always weird in my mind where backups fit in terms of continuity. Then would you say that the Flash Mercury stuff was just like gags, like because uh, it didn't seem to acknowledge the whole powerhouse and Flash as monster fighters thing? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how canon any of that is because it's like it's it's not like there's they're establishing anything really. Right. You know, you know, it's like okay, now we know that he's met Ricochet, I guess. So that part's there. <laughs> Um, I, I thought that was a funny uh, um, character to just turn up in that story. It just seemed like really random, but it also really works. Joe Keating loves Flash Mercury. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and for good reason. Flash Mercury <laughs> is is you know he's Speed Racer as a superhero. No, no, yeah, I, I, I meant Ricochet. Oh, Ricochet up in that story. I, I thought that just of all the random dragon characters. She's like the more kind of the more interesting to like interact with Flash Mercury. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I like I like the way that these that all comes together. There's so much much different stuff going on in the in the book, um, which I quite I, like. Uh, Frank's the 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 Vanguard story initially was supposed to run I think 18 pages. Right, right. He yeah, that's what he last, told us. He mentioned yeah. last so, time it was supposed to be the the final three parts to conclude it. Yeah, Looks and like, it and it just it, it just ran out of time on it, so we put a, a essentially a cliffhanger on it, which is why the 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 Daredevil story from from Silver Street showed up here. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Uh, I, I thought wouldn't... it was the the wild uh, hair story was put in because there was no mention of that in the solicitation. No, there, no, well, there wasn't any mention of the Daredevil thing either. It was just, yeah. the, I mean, some of it, some of it, you, you, you tell people ahead of time, and some, some you don't. And, and I wasn't sure how many pages the lead story was going to take if I could fit it in, right, or whatever. I mean, I, I really, at at a certain point, I could have just had there be more fight there could have been a, a bigger brawl at the end and really be like well let's show dragon in action and show people what he's capable of now right um, but i kind of like the idea of leaving that a little vague <laughs> right right <laughs> you know and just kind of yeah. go, all right we, we we understand he's a badass and and we don't really even get to see how he's a badass but he's just I like that that they come into the room where he was where he was being held, and it's like, what the hell happened here? He's not even here. Where is <laughs> well, he? He mentions that he's kind of like uh, what, what do you say, Captain America? Uh, yeah. And does that point to like the his race, the Krillians being or Krylins or however you say it, being kind of stronger than humans in general, or how does that work? Um, I think of Captain America as peak human being. So I think of Dragon at this point as peak human being. He's not he can't lift a car. Mm-hmm. But but He's that's, a... you know, it's sort of like your Batman or or it... Captain America or somebody like that where you just go, This is this is about as as strong and as athletic and and as a human being is capable of getting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, and he's, he's got 
tons of experience and training and oh yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of the stuff he when he had powers he would be like whatever you're shooting at me i can take a hit when you don't have powers like this is going to put a hole in me so i better get the hell out of the way right (laughs) you know and so there's a lot of him finding that that oh i have to I have to do things a different way because of the the predicament I'm in now, you know? And so there's a lot of that. And and in that double page spread at the end, you can kind of see how he manages to, to be victorious in this as these guys are punching each other. And, and he's like taking out four guys in that spread. Yeah. Just colliding, like knocking their heads together (laughs) and jumping out of the way. Yeah. I liked it um, from the standpoint of like, you know, this is Malcolm's book. So it was awesome to get to see Old Man Dragon kicking ass. At the same time, it was cool that Malcolm did still sort of stay the focus because I know probably a lot of people were wanting Dragon to slide into a bigger, like more the spotlight. But I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I, I mean, at this point... At this point, is Malcolm's book, and I know there are people who are like, "Oh, well, I'll if if Dragon comes back, then I'll be way more into it." And it's like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm I wouldn't be more into it. At this right, point. right. I kind right. of feel like that story's been been told, and and there's a there's a cap on that, and it just it just feels like it's done. When I use Dragon now, it, it, it he feels old. Yeah. You know? He doesn't. He doesn't feel like he's he's a, a fresh, young, vibrant character anymore. And and there's something about that that just is like, oh, okay, it, it feels it feels like we we've, we've got no place with that. Well, I think you did a really good job making this an issue that's pretty well rounded and getting new readers kind of up to speed, kind of satisfying old readers. Uh, maybe even kind of cluing in people that might have dropped the book and want to try it again at 200 just by, you know, adding Dragon in. You do a lot to kind of, uh, you know, get everyone on board about the relationship between the characters. There's like subtle nods of, you know, who, you know, trying to explain who people are. It's just, it works really well. Even like with um, Flash Mercury, just having those little strips that kind of recount his his background. Um, Yeah, a a lot of that is just... you know, when I'm sitting there writing the lead story, I'm sitting there going, well, I know in one of the backups, Malcolm ha- is touching people with his electrical powers. I better have mentioned in the lead story that he used to have electrical powers and that he doesn't have them anymore. Otherwise, right. it's going to be completely out of the blue that he's zapping people for, you know, for no reason. You, you do a good job kind of uh, having... Uh, good angel kind of talk about evil angel in the main story being like oh she's not really evil she's under control glum because i i gotta think when you're putting these stories together if you don't kind of mention that you're going to confuse new readers when you have a, another story and she's out in dimension x uh, yeah there's there's a fair amount of like okay i gotta be concerned about this this and this and this and i want to establish these characters and i want to go here with this and it, yeah it's it's kind of an interesting challenge to be able to make it all work, but yeah. it was fun. It's cool to see a couple of uh, familiar old school VC guys too. I mean, we got um, Roughneck and uh, 
Uh, who's the bigot? Braun, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it seems like those two are some of your favorite guys, A, because you haven't killed them off yet. but <laughs> <laughs> And then we see some of the guys that came around like mid-100s, that uh, pucker guy who's really kind of a cool visual and iron jaw. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool to see those guys kind of appear. It seems like you're getting more away from – VC guys with like crazy supervillain costumes and more towards like vicious circle guys that are just like mutants, kind of like Morlocks versus like uh, Magneto guys. You know what I mean? Is yeah. that is that on purpose or uh, a little a little bit? It's gonna it'll come and go. Yeah, you know, I mean it it depends on on the characters too. Like, I mean, really cutthroat back in the day. It's like, is that a costume or is that just what he? Dresses up and wears every every day because those right. are kind of pants and kind of boots and I mean he just could be like a guy who's who's in leather clothes. He's not necessarily I'm putting on my costume though kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Here we go. Um, and I and and so there's a certain amount of that. I'm also tr- fighting this this thing of. The, just readers going, oh wait a minute, that guy, that guy important. He's he's got a he's got a full costume. And yeah, yeah. Be like, like ten guys would rob a bank. You the right. readers would go, oh who's this guy? What's his story? What's his, you know? Whereas in Spider Man, you you wouldn't be going. There's a guy in a brown suit. What's his deal? You know? <laughs> yeah, and it seems like that, it's not important with the brown guy. How the brown guy in the brown suit. Got to be a guy in a brown suit. Where do you get that hat? I'm really curious about that hat. Yeah, you, know? you don't you don't really care about it's, all the Joker's not, minions. You know, it's not important. But when when you start putting everybody in distinctive costumes, then suddenly they're they they visually become that. They become like, oh, I want to find out about this guy rather than he's just a dude. It, it doesn't matter. He's just a minion. He, he doesn't have a story. Let's right. Let's have guys who actually count as something that, that matter, have those guys have the costumes. So when they show up, you can go, oh, geez, this guy with bolts in his head and a big red stripe down his middle. What, what's he all about? <laughs> well, it's, it, well, go into that. I actually had a question about that. I mean, we've never talked as many times as Roughneck has appeared. Where did, where did you, you get the inspiration? <laughs> He was he was actually inspired by Dave Johnson because Dave at one point was putting like bolts and stuff in yeah yeah in like Super Patriot or whatever he seemed to be like I'm putting bolts everywhere and so <laughs> I was like I want to do the ultimate Dave Johnson character I'm just gonna have a guy with bolts straight out in his head with an Amer- American <laughs> bolts flag and American pants. flags <laughs> Rex Quando pants <laughs> so that that was what that was what that was all about was was. My, my nod to Dave. I don't know that he ever knew that. <laughs> he actually drew him in, a, in some Wildcat stuff later on and was like, I love this guy. He's really cool. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always wondered why the American flag pants. <laughs> he, he loves America, man. Does he, he love does... America or is he just being ironic? <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of never, it's never really stated outright, is it? Because those colors don't run. Yeah, but no, you know, which is you know, when you're doing your own wash, that's important. <laughs> what yeah, about, yeah, what about Pucker? Yeah, Pucker is just another, like, 
whatever, you know, I, I need somebody to fill in this space. He has to yeah. take up this much room. What can we, what can we do here? <laughs> I, I really do love those guys that make great visuals like that. There, you have a knack of, of being able to do that. And so sometimes, you know, you'll do those scenes in, in this book, you know, when you have the scrub VC goons come in towards the end, they're just a bunch of kind of mutants in, in street clothes. And, and that's neat. But for I, some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do enjoy like, quote unquote, the, the kind of villain costumes when you, when you put yeah. it together or the, the, the features like, you know, that, uh, iron jaw with his mouth and stuff like that. It, and it's cool to see those guys come back that spread at the, at the end. I couldn't make, there's probably three or four of those guys. You can just pull them out and go, why don't you do something with him? Yeah. Yeah. True. And you know, it's like if, if, if suddenly this, this red guy with crazy ass teeth is showing up more, suddenly he becomes somebody and you go, well, what was his first appearance? His first appearance is getting clobbered on a double page spread. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know his story. I mean, we won't find out until until it's told. I think uh, a lot of those characters that are built around a uh, niche or a gimmick or something, kind of like uh, Dung or whatever, they really resonate uh, with people. And like, I think they help the book. I even it's not even a question. So, like, we asked for reader <laughs> questions, and like somebody like threw something out. His only thing was that he remembered Dunk, even though he hadn't read the book in a long time. And I was like, I was like I'll, I'll let him know. Well, some of, some of Eric, some of your best characters or most prominent characters in the book have been started off as kind of like pro, uh, parody jokes, like Johnny Redbeard or She Dragon, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. guys like that, which you would have, when you first read it, probably would have never thought that they would be mainstays in the book and they turned into huge characters. Yeah, so what's well, true of a lot of it is is just seeing what comes off of my pen, and then once something has come off, going, oh, can I make something of this? Is there something here? And sometimes there is, and sometimes there's not. You know, and it's it's like when you're sitting there having kids talk to him in class, you draw somebody's haircut, and you're like, hey, I like that guy. I think I'm going to have that guy with that haircut show up again. And suddenly they're they're lifelong pals. You know. Yeah, there's just there's just you can do that, and it's cool to be able to do that. Because, you know, so it's just nice to be able to go. Oh yeah, this guy's powerhouse showed up in a panel in issue twenty four, just in one panel. You know, he was one of right. those tiny little head sketches, and I was <laughs> sitting there later drawing an issue and talking to whoever. Who was I talking to? And then and then and then I was going, who the hell should I make show up in this? And he was like, oh, you got to use that chicken guy. <laughs> okay. I'll use the chicken guy. Um, and and he ended up being used a lot. Yeah. So wait, Powerhouse started out throwaway like that. Well, Powerhouse was a character that I created when I was a little kid. Okay, right? that's so what I he thought. He was around forever. Okay, when that's I was what I thought. Kid. And so in in issue twenty four, where I was showing a lots of tiny little panels of different stuff i was i wasn't intending i always thought paros was a little goofy to be you know starring or doing anything important but i kind of wanted to go okay well he exists so i'm going to sneak him in here in one of these tiny little panels mm -hmm. and then um and then and then it just ended up jeff matsuda is the guy yeah. i was yeah. talking to jeff and jeff, jeff was like oh you gotta use the chicken guy 
And so it's it's all due to Jeff. <laughs> what a gift he has given us. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome, my guy. <laughs> I tell you, uh, what was kind of visually striking, and I don't know if it, I guess it was intended to be, but it, it, they're kind of like background characters in a way in this issue. But it makes me want to learn more about them. Those three correctional officers that I kind of. Yeah. Screaming at Dart. You got that one guy that kind of looks like the Avenger from Justice Incorporated, the really pale guy. He's like, what's yeah. his deal? Or <laughs> the scarred up uh, yeah, the guy yeah. scarred yeah. up. It's like, these. there's something to these guys. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping no, at I'm least. I'm going to take a wild guess. These guys aren't just, that's not going to be their only appearance. Oh, it isn't? I assume they were all dead. <laughs> um, You don't You don't know. You don't know how, how she escaped. We don't know how, where, how that worked. Mm-hmm. You know, so all we know for sure is that she's out of there. We don't know who she went through on her way out the door. Right? right. We, are those are those people that if she bumped into them again, she would uh, slice and dice? You bet. But uh, did she get that opportunity on her way out? I guess uh, I just assumed uh, at the last time we see here that the, the very next panel would have been her escaping. That, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hope. except that the bad, except that the bad guys didn't know she had escaped. Oh, that's I mean, true. Still holding dragon. Yeah. Sometime later, you know. So when when we get to the end, I'm assuming when they show up and say, "Oh, by the way, she's escaped," they've got the latest news. Right. That's uh, like okay. Right up to the last minute. I'm hoping that those correctional officers are either got superpowers themselves and they're superpowered correctional officers or they're working for the VC and they're actually guys that we know without their masks on or something but <laughs> but they look like a rowdy bunch <laughs> it's it's a fun game so yeah, when i saw them i was they kind of like craig said they didn't look throw away so i was like are these supposed to be dudes i know or i forgot like maybe i'm maybe i need to go flip back a few issues see what's up <laughs> Now this is their first appearance. No, they'll, they'll be back. Cool. This, just just as guys that are that are part of that. I mean, there there's I haven't really done a lot of, of let's establish who's at Stronghold Penitentiary and and have have there be regular guys that are there. But now that I've got three of them at least, there there can be guys you go, oh, that guy's appearing again. I know who that is. I've seen him before. He's yeah. that. Pale, pale, pasty face. Pink <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of jumping around, but um, I mean, hell, it's what we're doing. I just wanted to uh, ask about the uh, technique you're using. I like the photo backgrounds for like the way that opens 200. Uh-huh. Um, it looks like cross hatching going on. I mean, but also it kind of looks like a, like a copier copy or something. Like what kind of technique <laughs> is that? Is that just a Photoshop filter? Uh, no, it's not a Photoshop filter. It's, uh, what happened is I made a sheet of cross-hatching just using little pieces of cross-hatching from something else. And Uh so it's like, I just built a sheet of it. And so then I had this big sheet and I wanted to, when I took the photo, I moved it. So I moved the um, contrast thing so that it was either black or white. And at that point, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, it's too black. It's it just uh, sitting against Malcolm. It didn't really seem like it was in the background. Mm-hmm. 
So I I took my the cross hatching thing and laid it over it as a um, yeah I don't even have Photoshop open so I don't remember what the hell I call that but, <laughs> but <laughs> there's like when you're doing things in layers you can you can multiply or you can right do things as a screen I think it was a screen so I put it as a screen reversed it out and it was like okay that works and then to have it. Um, fade into the into the background I, that's a, a gradient thing and then when i turned it and flattened it all out it, it it did that wonderful thing so it, it worked out yeah it looks awesome uh i mean the, just like i said kind of like a, it's funny because it really like tricks your eye like with the uh, cross hatching but then i mean obviously it's like photorealistic too so yeah i don't know good technique on that <laughs> i was it's, like i like this well it, it's in, it's something too where in I think on the screen, it's a little different than when you see it in person. You know, in the in the printed book, it's like okay, that that looks kind of like it's drawn. Whereas on the screen, when you're looking at it tiny, it's like oh, he put a photo in the background. <laughs> when, when, when do you see this full size? I think a lot of things just get you you lose something and you and gain something just by seeing stuff in print or or seeing what happens with it just in different ways because yeah. you, don't, you don't really know what you're getting when you're sitting there looking at pixels, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, you, it's like those, um, and that's a weird example, but like Linedecker, you, you go, he's swiping these panels. I can't believe you would swipe these panels. What a thief. <laughs> and if you ever see a Linedecker thing in person, they're huge. They're mm-hmm. so big that a lot of the technique and what makes them fascinating to look at is the dot patterns and the shapes and, and that it's so big and it's out of context and it's kind of a crude replica of what was in a comic. Mm-hmm. Right, so right. He transfers, transforms it into something else. And then when we see it online, it's turned back into a comic panel and you can look at it next to the comic panel and go, oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> and it's like it's not the same thing really you're just seeing it it's the same thing it's been turned back into the same thing you know you don't when you're sitting there looking at double page spreads on on facebook you mm-hmm. don't get that the the actual size of these things is you know it's like a, looking at the side of a barn they're huge yeah yeah you can't possibly get that sense from looking at it in a in on a screen and sometimes even in a comic, you don't really get that just how big these, the originals are for these things. Yeah. I'm always, I'm amazed when I see your posts on Facebook, when you're holding up the original pages and it's like the size of a car door and you're like, my <laughs> God, <laughs> there it's, it's pretty cool. So this, I assume continues the trend of the twice up. Yeah, no, it, it's, that's the new normal at this point. All right. Okay. I, I went and I bought, um, a, a shit ton of that paper. So <laughs> I've got like 14 pads of it, and each one is, is an issue. So I'm good for, for a year at least on that, uh, which doesn't mean that every single thing and every issue is that way. Like the um, the Herb Trimpy stuff that when I sent him pencils, I, those were that was standard. Yeah sized and and when he sent me stuff it was standard size i had no idea what what 
what size it, some of the other guys are working since right, they right. sent it to me digitally. So as we're talking about Herb Trimpe, can we talk about his uh, contribution, which is super cool and I think one of the highlights of the book? Oh, yeah. yeah I like, you know, Herb was Herbert. Uh, <laughs> was, <laughs> uh, he was one of those guys that I grew up with as a kid. He was he was doing the Hulk when I was a kid, and that was that was my everything at that point. And so the idea of, of having him be part of this was something – that I had been thinking about for a while, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to do this or that? Um, it's a lot of it just kind of fell together in, in a weird kind of way because the um, at, at what point the Jack Kirby Museum was doing uh, was was flying people up to to various conventions as just as a way of of you know drop by our booth. We've got such and such a guy who's going right. to be you know right. and yeah. so since they were they they wanted guys who were influenced by Kirby or or whatever that that sort of made some sense they wanted me to do a print but the problem was that um they couldn't use any of the marvel characters and they had just licensed the um the the other characters to dynamite so they weren't right. really sure what they could do with that or if they could do it you know or whatever and so I had suggested them, why don't we, why don't I just do a dragon drawing that's, that's in the style of, of Kirby. And I took uh, a drawing that he, that Jack had done of Captain America and Bucky fighting Nazis in World War II. And I um, took it and, and monkeyed with it in Photoshop so that I could make my own pencils that were the dragon and Malcolm. And so I printed those out blue line onto a board and inked it and then colored it. And that became the print. And so what, what happened later on was uh, I had thought this would make a cool Savage Dragon cover. I should use this as a cover at some point. Right. And so I talked to them about it and they were, they were totally cool with the idea of me using it. Um, and then, and then it became, well, I should do something that justifies this, the existence of this thing in the issue so that it was, so it's not completely just this random thing. And so that's when I wrote a story about dragon and Malcolm going to world war two. And at that point it was, well, I sure am not incapable of drawing such a story. And her trippy immediately was like, well, I know a guy who's super into this stuff and he, and he would know all this could right. draw, you know, Nazi tanks without having to look them up. And, you know, he's he's really good at that sort of thing. And Yeah, he, he uh, loves, like, uh, yeah, World War II airplanes and stuff. I remember yeah, buying an art book. That tech. I mean, he, he, he flies an airplane himself. He has mm -hmm. his own private plane that he flies around. And, you know, he's just into it. Right. So it's like, yeah, you are, you are the guy. Plus, he's, he's a big Kirby fan, so... That that helps too, right? Right. Yeah. You know, that I could just, I could send him that as my jump off point and say this is this is what the cover to this thing is going to be. Um, take it. <laughs> uh, and he also he wanted to he liked working from plots when when uh, he was doing stuff at at Marvel back in the day. Uh, he 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 really liked the the process of 
of having to, to be involved with the, the plotting of the story a little bit. And, and he was lamenting that, that everybody writes full scripts nowadays. I just did a story for such and such. And they gave it to me and it was a full script. And it was like, I'm taking dictation here. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not, if you're used to doing the other thing, um, just following somebody else's stuff can be a lot like it's it's not as creative you don't feel like you're you're really doing as much right right and so that this was this was something where it was vague enough that that i gave him room to play with it and he had some fun with it and i'm I'm happy that that he did and he seemed to enjoy himself so yeah it's awesome yeah definitely came together really well it's a really fun story yeah the the Kind of the bummer about that was that the original art was lost in the mail. Really? Yeah. Oh. His, his pencils being sent to me, uh, they never arrived. Oh. So I had to take the the, um, the JPEGs that he had made, right? Print those out blue line, and um, and then ink those. Wow, that's a tragedy. <laughs> you know so what? Some, I don't know where they where they, where they exist. They've never been found. I was going to say, they arrived some. <laughs> Your neighbor two doors down has eight really awesome pages of uh, or, or of they are. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's too bad. But Unfortunately, they probably got wet or destroyed somehow. I don't know. I don't even know. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly raining at the time. There was a day that where it was – he sent them to the image office. He didn't send them to my house. Um, I don't know why he sent them to the image office to my, not my house, but he <laughs> apparently just looked up the address online. He's like, okay, off it goes. Wow. But um, thank God yeah. for computers. Uh, yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's good that I've got a, a a printer scanner kind of thing where I can print that up. And you know, I mean, really, this is what the original art would have turned into anyway. So right. it's yeah. it's kind of the way. And and if the the pencils are ever found, it's kind of a bonus. Like, oh, cool. There's also this. So you think that happened a lot back in the day when you had like, you know, Kirby or, you know, when he lived in California and the New York offices, you know, and you're sending mail back and forth without computers. Like, I wonder how many times that it happened where I'm like, sure, I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> before, where Man, that's horrible. That you go, there would, there would always be that. There, there'd be like, there's a few Gene Colan covers, I think, where he, he, they just got lost in the mail between the anchor and the penciler or, or the, the anchor and, and Marvel. And they're like, we, we need this today. So we need to get a new cover done and you'll do another cover. And then suddenly the original shows up in the mail. It's like, Oh, now we got two of them. That's so crazy. <laughs> but at least this, you know, at least we can get this one in print. This, this one was here in time. So great. Awesome. We're good to go. Yeah. It's a super bummer for you though, not to at least have some of those originals. Well, it's it, it's weird because um, he actually drew the pages slightly off when I when he sent the JPEGs over. Um, he had drawn them to the same specifications as the next issue project pages, and All those right. were those were they're slightly wider than ordinary comic book pages. And so when I got them from him and was and was trying to get them to be the right size. I was like, holy crap, there's a little bit of space on, on a lot of these panels and I need to extend the art a little bit. And if I was inking over the pencils, 
that wouldn't be so easy. So it kind of worked out better that this way. But at the same time, it's like, well, it still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's not supposed to be that bad. I tell you my, my uh, three three words for my favorite thing in this story. Empyrean, Domination, Caduceus. <laughs> yeah, what a great name. Favorite weapon name ever. <laughs> I mean, it showed up and I, I did a little research. It was in 105, 136, and 137. I think yeah. initially Glum wanted it for a death ray. And then yeah. and then they were looking for it to, to reopen the portal to Dimension X. And, uh, and, and uh, it's pretty and if funny. If you'd like to know the, the origin of that name... It, yes. It is me looking in a thesaurus <laughs> coming up with different words that mean uh, cosmic control rod. Right. That's, that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> well, and I looked it up like Empyrean means belonging to heaven, I believe. You know, we all know what domination is. And oh, I didn't yeah. really, I learned what could, that Caduceus was that staff, that physician symbol staff thing. I never knew that. So, so I learned yeah, something new. <laughs> that, was, that was what that was all about. Was just I want to say uh, co- cosmic control rod, which is what Annihilus. Yeah, right, and that's and, what it looks like. Yeah, I mean it's it's exactly that. I was like, it's the same thing, but we're going to call it something different. You know, it's like <laughs> what can we call the cosmic cube? I don't want to call it the cosmic cube. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, and it was—it's a neat story. It's cool to get that call back for longtime readers to be like, "Hey, I remember that weird name from somewhere. I remember <laughs> something happened with this in the past." And for them to, you know, they're using Dark Lord's kind of time machine, which I don't think we've ever seen, like yeah. actual in, in person. Yeah, well, I, I think with with Dark Lord, I, I kind of am in the impression that he'd have several different ones. Like, okay, this one's going to work, and then sometimes they they work, and sometimes they don't. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have, I don't want this to become a thing. Like they, they can just travel in time all the time. So it's like, let's just have this happen once and then it breaks. <laughs> right, right, right. But so. it, it was pretty neat because it kind of goes back to one of those hallmarks in, in, in comic storytelling of like the Nazis with super, you know, devices, you know, and, and cool things like that. So it, it kind of ties in pretty well. They need that device to, to open the portal. And of course, Nazis would have something like that. So I got, I got a kick out of that. I also want to say it's kind of like I hear people like, you know, bitch and cry about not knowing things when they read. I was a complete, I've jumped around on Dragon a bunch, and I have far from an encyclopedic knowledge. So when I read it, I was just like, huh, what a kick-ass name for something. And I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, so, it's just it, a thing. It's you so, don't have to know. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't matter. I, it, you know, it's like, you don't have to know. Something first shows up. You know, I, I kind of was thinking about that with a lot of the villains. Like, once Malcolm fights them, if he's never met them before, they're a new villain as far as he's concerned. The fact that that an older reader can go, oh, I've seen this guy in issue 63 and issue 68 and issue 124. Now he's showing up again. That's awesome. Right. That just becomes like an in-joke for them in a way. It's like a little bit of an insight that, oh, I know this. But Malcolm doesn't even know it. When When these guys show up, it's like, oh, that's a new guy as far as he's concerned. Right. It's a neat, it's a, it's a nice little like kind of wink and nod to your longtime readers while it not necessarily being important. Yeah, it doesn't, it didn't hinder the enjoyment. I wasn't like, God, I just can't enjoy this. I don't know what that is. 
whole story ruined right there at the end. Like I didn't think that, you know. I'll tell you, I, I liked uh, Bill Crabtree's colors on this too. I thought it kind of set the mood, kind of the the grays and yeah. Uh, how did how did you guys go about picking colorists for the different uh, backups, or did you let the artists kind of run with it, or is it a mix? Uh, a lot of times it was well. In some cases, it was the artist. Um, I know that uh, that that Chris Chris um, Chris Burnham wanted Dylan on his. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, sure, let's, let's have that happen. Um, (laughs) and I, and I liked that, that they were, that they were, you know, generally Savage Dragon alum that were working on, on, uh, right. Coloring the backups. So that, that, that part was, was kind of cool because he colored the one issue. Yeah. That the one issue that we were talking about, right. With the, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's rainy. It was a, it was a weird issue with weird coloring. And and it was like, all right, that's cool. You want to use that guy? Awesome! <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I mean, I, I like it. it it's, well, I don't I don't know how that would have gone over had I used him forever. I know right. as a one off, I thought it was really cool. I thought, ah, oh, man, people might get might get tired of having it look so weird all the time, which is ultimately why I didn't I didn't use him forever. Well, for for the listeners, I forget which I think it's issue one thirty seven, which we're talking about, sure. which which was the issue which featured the Imperian domination, Caduceus or whatever however you want to say it, yeah. uh, pretty prominently. But I I thought those colors were like kind of really good for that issue because I felt like that uh, device was glowing and sending radiation, and it kind of made those colors fit with that story, like it's it's radiating these weird colors off of it. So well, I, I, it had the amazing joy buzzards in it. It was just kind of a weird, weird one-off yeah, yeah. story to begin with. And it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> this is just a crazy issue of this book. We're talking about Dylan McCree? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to say the coloring in this uh, the Mr. Glum and Angel story, it, it, because it's so different, it kind of like gives a sensation of being in a different dimension. Oh, right. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Co-signed. Totally feel that. Way. Well, and it's cool because you go from the the Nazi story, which has got the real gray and subdued kind of colors, which kind of make you feel like you're in the past, and then it punches right into this next story, which you know is like a sci-fi different dimension where it's like neon yeah. colors almost. Well, I, I didn't want it. Also, I mean, part of the, the the thing with with coloring things in the back was just talking with her, Trimpy. It was. That we had we had been talking about how a lot of the modern colors really overwhelm line work, and, yeah. and he was he was lamenting, you know, decent black coloring and and stuff like that. So, so when it came to choosing colorists on that, it's like, well, I know Bill does good black colors, and it's going to do something that's going to be subdued and it's going to look cool, and it it did. So yeah, definitely, definitely. And same thing with like like I wanted. Uh, old school kind of lettering on this stuff, and and having Farron Delgado do his Artie Simek uh, impersonation throughout all of all these five <laughs> backups was was pretty fun for me. Yeah, it's neat. Even even the um the sound effects are really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's totally into that. He he uh he does when they would do translations of of uh, English comics to. What I think he's from Spain or something. I'm not even sure where the hell he is. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> these guys are all over the world, you know. 
So it's like I don't even I don't even know. I'm just dealing as long as they can write to me in English, we're we're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> a I, sucker for those sound effects that are kind of like jagged at the end. They look like kind of pieces of wood. He 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 uh, lettered the 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 story that I did in the um, giant size kung fu Bible stories. He did, he lettered yeah. Jack Champion thing, and nice. I had had him do an art Artie Simak thing there. And so I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. He can do anything. But he, yeah. he but I'm saying is he would he would do that for when there would be foreign translations of other comics. He would he was really good at finding a way to match what those particular. Uh, fonts and styles and stuff. So he does, he does a great Artie Simak. He'll do Sam Rosen when he needs to. He'll do various other other people. Um, you know, so it's like we we want this cover to look like it was lettered by somebody. Somebody. It's like okay, I will find a way and figure that out. And he's nice. really good at that. So it was, it was nice to be able to to work with him. Um, I'd like to work with him some more. The only the only thing with him is is he's not he's not lightning fast. Yeah. And I kind of need lightning fast when it comes to Savage Dragon. <laughs> right. The book is always like, okay, you got three hours. Letter. <laughs> <laughs> it is this, this is the freshest book in the racks, pretty much. <laughs> it's it's kind of sad, but. Yeah, really, that uh, Glum and Angel thing, the lettering is stand out, the coloring stand out, Burnham's kicking ass. Love that Mark II armor design. Yeah, well. <laughs> Good luck drawing that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, enjoy that well, nightmare. The idea of it was that it was supposed to be like... Um, Incomplete? Yeah, like 3PO with, before he gets his skin on. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that was, that was the thought, in, at least. So hopefully I, when I just draw it regular, people won't be like, wait a minute, it was awesome. And that always <laughs> happens to you, though. I mean, you get like Dave Johnson making Super Patriot more intricate, you know, and or yeah. uh, Corey Walker turning Brainy Ape into crazy robot. And, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> here like, you go. Have fun now. Step up. I'll draw <laughs> these eight pages and make your life hell. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it exactly. How did uh how did Chris get involved with the project with the, with yes. the backup? Yeah. Yeah. I mean some of some of it was was you know people just kind of going I want to I want to be part of this celebration. Can I can I do this? Um and it's like hell yeah. Yeah, he kicks <laughs> he kicks ass. I love his officer down uh Yeah, he one was shot. He's a beast, big dragon fan. So, you know, it it, it was it was a, a nice thing. For him and me, you know, yeah. and I'm and I'm certainly happy to have him. That was that was great. He did an awesome job. Uh, and then just some of the other guys, it just it, it happened that they they wanted to do it, and and I, I didn't really force much of anything on anybody except for Herb. Uh, <laughs> he was like the only guy who I, I was like, I'm going to go out specifically hunting for this guy. Right, but, right. Uh, but the other ones, it was, was kind of they they were they were there or they were willing to or or they had a story that they wanted to tell, and and it, uh, often it'll it'll come from from them. It's like well, what what story do you want to do? So, but I noticed that all the stories are by you, I think, except for the one that Gavin did and the Vanguard one. So are they just kind of this is the kind of idea I'm pitching you, and then you kind of put it together for them or. 
Uh, just de it depends on the on the, the particular one. Usually, usually it would be, you know, I'll I'll go. You know, you're, you're I don't really relinquish my characters very much. Yeah. So I when when it came to this stuff, it was like, well, which, which characters do you want to do you want to draw? Gotcha. Um, and then I'll write a story with those characters and, cool. and we'll do it like that because. Uh, um, I know Nikos wanted to do an SOS story. I didn't. I didn't have a a real specific story that I wanted to do with them. Right. But it's like I can tell the the Daredevil Angel thing within the context of there being this SOS craziness going on. So you can still draw those guys, but here's the other part of that. Cool. You know, I really, really like the title for the, the Glum and Angel story that Burnham did. It's called Conquering Heroes. And you could almost take it two ways. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like them, you know, either conquering heroes that are trying to save their planet or it's them being the heroes conquering planets, which I thought was kind of neat. And I didn't know if that was on purpose or what, but. Yeah, well, pretty... it's, or, or it's the it's the bad guys conquering them. Like they're, yeah. they're conquering those heroes. Right. Know? Yeah, there you go. So yeah, yeah, that was totally approved. <laughs> <laughs> totally did that. Meant to. That's me. All the times. And where the going on to the next uh, backup, the end zone one with Travis Sengos. I mean, he's pretty much a newcomer. I don't really know him from uh, any books out there. How, how did you meet did, him? He did a backup in Savage Dragon a long time ago. Remember which now one? You have to search your memory. I don't remember the issue number <laughs> off. The, I don't remember the issue number off the top of my head. What was uh, the story? I don't remember what it was about? It was uh, it was Dragon and uh, Jennifer fighting a robot, and it was a it was a it was a short little backup, and it, and it, it's kind of pretty funky art. Uh, <laughs> and they I did a I did like a fake cover. On the, did I do a fake cover on the back or I just colored it on the back? I don't remember. But it's it's in it. It's in it's in an earlier issue. It's a, I think it's after hundred. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's after hundred and it's before. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Which is why you've got the internet, right? I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Be <laughs> looking this stuff up while we're sitting there. You don't even have to sweat it. So, it, yeah, that a, I remember you saying something about someone approaching you to want to do a football story. And yeah, that he, wanted to do, he wanted to do football. And I, and I love that when guys want to do Malcolm, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like it, 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 the, the go to is so often just I want to do Savage Dragon. He's the it's like he is the real guy. And when it's like I, I want to do a Malcolm thing, it's like, fuck, yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I like this story a lot, but I want to say I was slightly disappointed that at the end it turned out to be a, a VC, a vicious circle plot. I kind of wanted the other kid to just be another kid, and them just clashing just ruined it for everybody. <laughs> well, he he wasn't a vicious circle guy. He was. I hope to be in the. I hope to make a name for myself. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, he was a VC wannabe. Right. Okay. He's a PC wannabe. He wasn't like he. It wasn't like the vicious circle put him in there and put him in place to do that. It was like him going, "This is going to be great." Uh, Travis's story showed up in Savage Dragon one twenty two. 
Okay. Oh, all right. Can I just say, uh, Critical Mass is for the listeners in listener land. That's the VC wannabe. Amazingly awesome visual. I know he got blowed up, but you're going to use that well, guy? He going to show up? Well, he, he's certainly capable of showing up again. Because when he's, when he's talking, he's talking about how he's going to blow everything up. Right. So my take on him is that he can blow up and reform. So... He kind of looks like cardiac on steroids. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he is cool, especially <laughs> with design. I, you or it's Travis? Totally, it's totally Travis. So if I if I use him, it's got to be a. It's it's got to be with with his full cooperation. It's not like I, I don't own the character. Oh, he's yeah. awesome. I would I would co-own him. So I'd be like, oh, here's a guy we both own now. So is it okay? I'm, I'm I imagine he's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Just let him know. Hey, this is somebody you you can use too. Yeah, that but that whole football backup was fantastic too. It was all killer. I I loved it. I thought I thought he did a really nice job with that. It, it and he's got a good feel for the faces, and he's got a good feel for for you know the way kids look. I I love the shot of of Malcolm shoving his fin over to the side so he can put his helmet on. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cool how they talk about it, too. I mean, even for someone that's like a, a new reader or something like that, and just a little question you'd have, like, how does yeah. he deal with that? It's, it's kind of cool. This thing? But I think of the fin as sort of being like his ear. You know, yeah, like you could, cartilage. Put, you could put a helmet over your, over your head and, and fold your ear over, and you'd right. be like, this sucks. <laughs> it doesn't feel good at all, but you can still do it. Right, right, right. Well, that's sort of thing. I really like the panel where he's throwing the football from the end zone to the other end zone. <laughs> yeah, he's just he he's just yelling that the other guy it's the other guy's job to catch it because he has super aim. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, towels thwacking into butts. Fantastic. <laughs> Right in a crack. Good, fantastic traps. Hope you're but, listening. You know, so that was like, okay, there's, they're going to be in the shower, but don't show anything. So, you know, <laughs> just, just place this sort of stuff in the way. It was like, all right, that worked. <laughs> <It's> fantastic. <laughs> it was very good, very dynamic. It just a lot of action, and it just it looked neat. It was, you could just feel the, the characters kind of flying off the page. I really enjoyed it. I, the little concern I had was on the last page that that those first two panels read as two panels. But, right, uh, they are. Yeah, because they do they they do overlap and they, and it's yeah. like oh, is this, this going to work? Um, but you know it helps that that he's got green skin and it's sitting there. Well, who else <laughs> could this be? It's right, be right, right. I totally read it. It read clear for me. Yeah, me too. Let's let's talk about uh, Nikos's contribution with Taken. We 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 glazed over it a little bit um, earlier. I was he's super a, surprised. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a great artist. He's got chops. Oh yeah, man. This one's awesome. His style is fantastic. He had done a he did a story in one fifty. Yeah, um, he did uh, with uh, the Vanguard. So yeah, he, he's he's done it before. Um, he's he's kind of gone a little more. Goofy, cartoony, right? 
in this than he had been there. Um, but it seemed to work. So, you know, whatever. It's cool. It's cool. Well, he, and 150, he was the one that kind of designed the Tyranians, right? Yeah. It was all based off his design because he drew it in 150 as a backup. And Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm stuck with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's another guy just sticking me with something, right? But this is cool to see the trolls again and, and to see the Golden Age characters. Um, I mean, he, he's he got a ton of them in there. Um, and, I, and it kind of feels like it carries over from 199. Yeah. Um, well, but, since, I mean, in terms of us actually doing the work, he was he had, was doing his before I was working on 199. So I knew what characters were going to be in here. I knew what was, what was coming when I did 199. So... Mine was sort of me just going, I want to be first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love the uh, classic coloring style, too. Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, somebody was like, oh, I miss this color. It's funny. I remember people bitched about the coloring style. And then I, on Facebook, I, I, I somebody bitched, was like, I bitched about it. <laughs> Were you one of those people, I, Jim? I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, sun in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, I like very it. bright. I like it. Yeah, he, he, I mean, on his own, he, he likes to color hold damn near everything and push things back into the background and, and, and have there be. And eventually I got to a point where I'm like, can we just not do that quite so much? This right. kind of, too, it was a little too crazy textury for me. Um, but I mean, I look at this and I was like, this does look pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I think it works here with his own art style. Yeah. I think it, it adds to the quote unquote cartoony nature of it i just didn't think it meshed well with your style see i i look at it too and i see his style kind of almost like a a mix of almost like a a lot of ryan otley kind of style into it with even with like the the heads kind of getting bashed and the eyeballs flying out it it really has an otley feel even the faces a little bit to me i thought it was kind of neat like it's just it's really cool i i enjoyed it all right yeah no he'd like to to do more, so. so I just, and and I thought it was cool. There's a couple of different callbacks. I think to 196, they're probably using those same, uh, what do you call them, the the demonite chains because they can't yeah. break through those chains. And there's the kind of chains that Malcolm was all locked up in. Yeah. And and it's cool to see uh, Angel and Daredevil kind of their relationship moving forward. Yeah. And it's cool for a new reader or someone who doesn't really know anything about these guys to be like, oh, they have something going on between these guys. What What the heck? (laughs) Wasn't she just in the apartment? But then, and then. What? (laughs) (laughs) So we know know the SOS is kind of known for high mortality rates. Do you have problems killing off these Golden Age characters, or you, you see them sticking uh, around? No, I don't. I don't see any problems killing them off. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm the only guy using them, but they're they're in public domain, and anybody can use them right, in, right. in their stuff. So I kind of feel like I'm just killing off my versions of them if if I right. kill them off at all. Right. Yeah. So no loss. <laughs> Plus, everybody else sort of chilled out on it, too. So, I mean, I remember when they first, like, everybody, they were everywhere. And then they sort of just, whew. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I think Project Superpowers is still going. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. I know they tried for a while and they gave a lot of those guys their own books and but it's it's tough when you can't use Daredevil's real name on a cover. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, well this the, this the, can't the, help but suck at least a little bit. <laughs> Death defying devil or something. Yeah, it's like you can't use uh, <laughs> Uncle Sam or uh, Phantom Lady either. No? DC's got them locked up. Well, it depends on... You probably can use Uncle Sam just because it's it's tough to own that. Right, right. Being that, that it, it means, you know, yeah. it means what it does. So it's kind of, kind of tough to be able to go, I, this is mine. I'm locked down. Um <laughs> A lot of those titles can be abandoned if they're not used. Right. Well, Fan Lady had a title two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she's somebody that's like, I, I can use her. And, and they don't, I haven't used her Golden Age costume. No, no, it's new costume. Forever. New character, really. Yeah. And, it, and I think that's a lot of that's because the other one's in public domain. So it's like, well, we can't own this. So. Let's do a different version of it so so that we can own something. Right. So, whatever, dude. <laughs> Forget <Good>. about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I primarily know these characters from when uh, Alan Moore used them in uh, Tom Strong. Yeah. yeah. He did this whole Terra Obscura thing with a whole world full of these Golden Age characters. So that's the first time I ever really learned about, like, Black Terror and them. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they they've been used off and on. I know Eclipse used them uh, when they were when they were doing. A, they did a bunch of 1940s stuff. They they revised Airboy and and they did a Black Terror thing that. I want to say Dark Horse has an Airboy comic now. Do they? I th- maybe. I know Eclipse did at one point. They were they were using them. Um, but it's it's a it's a weird weird character. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there's just no two ways around it. You go, oh, it's this kid who's fighting Nazis in World War Two. That would <laughs> never happen. <laughs> Let's let this kid do it. He seems he seems really energetic, and he hates the Nazis. The beauty of comics. <laughs> yeah, so- it's just all fine. What a kid as a reporter sounds good. Let's do. <laughs> Has <laughs> he finished high school? Who knows? He's, he is of undetermined age. What Here's is... a microphone. Run into this battlefield. Go for it, kid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. how jazz were you to see uh, uh, Herb's uh, inks over your pencils? That was such a weird thing to get that. Because I, when I was inking his stuff, I kind of realized as I'm inking it, I'm changing this quite a bit. Yeah. You know, because his, his dragon was not exactly on model, and it, and it changed a lot from from page to page, really. I, at the end, he was giving him a big Dudley Do-Right kind of jaw, and then <laughs> in the beginning, he wasn't. So I, I kind of like, well, I need to make him look somewhat, a little more consistent than what, what Herb had drawn him. And then he did the same with me, you know? It's like I, I sent him my stuff, and I came back and was like, wow, you really, you embellished. You, you <laughs> changed this into you. And it's like, that's cool. What's weird is to, is to, to look at, at me inking him 
and hemming me, and they don't look anything at all alike. And yet, in both cases, you can see the other guy. Completely. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's that's a cool thing that I don't know that I've actually ever seen anybody do that before. Now that I think about it. You definitely have to like post the originals on Facebook once the issue comes out, so we can see what the how it looks. That would be pretty awesome. Oh yeah, good idea. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I can do that. So. <laughs> I do have one comment about this story, and also the um, there was another story in here that mentions uh, alternate angel. Uh-huh. It's weird to have Dragon refer to her as alternate angel. Because yep. isn't she legally <laughs> his daughter? Um, since he married her mother, he yeah he that's the one that where it actually is his is his daughter by marriage, right? Whereas the other one is not his daughter by marriage. She is she was her they, they never got married, right? But um, what else are you gonna call her? You know. <laughs> Got to be something that differentiates her from the other one. I don't know. I just think it'd be, at this, it just seems awkward to just call her, her, you know, my daughter. Yeah, but for the reader, they're not gonna. It would be well, too you, confusing. You, the, the the problem is, yeah, you're you're informing a reader at the same time. You know, real funny anecdote, real quick, Jim. I had two friends named Chris. Right. So they became Chris and other Chris, and eventually, other Chris just became other. And one day, other comes to me and he says. You know what's weird? And I said, "What's weird, dude?" Because I coined that nickname. He goes, "My mom called me other today." <laughs> what? So I think it's one of those situations where if everybody's running around calling her alternate angel, it could creep. It could creep into the vocabulary. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. They're in her world. She's supposed to be original angel. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, at this point, how many years has it been since that? Yeah. I get it. You I know, understand. I just think it's now, weird. It's now five years into that grand experiment, you know, that she's he, she's been over here, and you know, eventually the the other angel that's in another dimension just becomes the other angel that's in another dimension. Yeah. Hey, remember, I've got somebody over there who's who looks just like me, and here's her deal. Yeah, no, it is weird. I agree. She's got the other angel. I love those six panel pages with you know you and and Herb's art behind. <laughs> it just looked neat as hell. I but. I like doing working on on a six panel grid. I know it for a lot of people. It really it looks and feels old school. I it's it's kind of nice to not have to sweat the page layout. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is what it's going to be every time. I can totally understand why at one point. People just did that because it just takes a lot of uh, stuff off the table that you don't have to really think about and dwell about dwell on it so much. But I, I really think it conveys like a lot of fast action. You know, there you having a fist fight is going back yeah. and forth. You know, and it just conveys a consistent time, and they're going. You know, they're just going back and forth. It just really conveys what's going on. Well, it, it's it's yeah, kind I mean, of perfect. Again, with the 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 Kirby thing. Is I kind of think of I think of that when I think of Mr. Glom actually of of him being like a, a the lost Kirby character, yeah, you know like he's a, he's like a Kirby monster and he's he's off doing his stuff so 
just because of that, a lot of times when I'll do, here's a scene taking place in Mr. In, meanwhile, with Mr. Glum, it'll be like, it's that. It's a six-panel grid when yeah. we're doing a Mr. Glum scene. And so yeah. with this, uh, I, I wanted to do that, have, have there be that. Also, there's a very blatant swipe in this, a Jack Kirby swipe. Um, and it's from a cover of uh, Tales to Astonish where the Hulk is fighting Giant Man. And I wanted to do that because it was the, re- it was the reverse because Dragon's now big and green and, and, and he's fighting Mr. Glum who's now small and red <laughs> instead of green. So just whatever, whatever reason that seemed, seemed to work for me. And so I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this in here somehow. Um, so is it a whole page swipe or it's big it's a big shot it's towards the i mean it was initially a cover oh but you know, i don't number my pages damn it is that is that big, is that big <laughs> it's page six, right it's page six of the story yeah um i remember we were earlier talking how you decided not to show dragon fighting the vicious circle goons in the main story having a little fight scene here was actually uh you know, a, a good replacement for that. <laughs> totally agree, Jim. I love, I love the page. It's the seventh page, I think, the second to the last. Uh, it's the fourth panel with the clop sound effect. You can really <laughs> see Herb's inks. Like, oh, I can almost see a Hulk face in that that dragon. Like, you look at that, and there's no mistake, and that's a that's a Herb <laughs> Trimpe ink job. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I just love the idea of this fight. Oh, you're weak now. <laughs> Let's fist fight. <laughs> Fine, I can kick your ass. It's such a weird thing, too, like Angel and Glum. They're like, you know, that last panel, they're in bed together. It's like, these two really hooking up. And, you know, I think that funny <laughs> thing, even in the main story, how they talk about it, like, oh, are they in Dimension Triple X or something? Like. <laughs> I figure they just must be going at it like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought too. Yeah, it's just like, what else is going on over there? Conquering worlds and each other. <laughs> Here we go. His little glum balls. Ugh. <laughs> it just got real. Yeah. <laughs> he wears underwear, so you gotta assume he's got junk. Yeah, there's something. There's there's something going on there. He kind of shame. <laughs> He's got that Fin Fang Foom underwear on. <laughs> that stuff under there. Malcolm's <laughs> just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> so, I got a question for you. If just to, to move on for the sake of time, we're we're getting into like an hour and a half. But the the bad hair day um, uh, story by Gavin and. Uh, uh, who is that? Scott James. Folks. Scott James. Yeah. Sorry, Scott. Um, I see the layouts were done by Ron Friends. What's what's the story behind that? Was he supposed I, to do I, a story originally? I, no, I think they're, the, those guys totally did that on their own. I was really it was as far as I was concerned, it was, it was you know the happiest accident or whatever. But it was <laughs> it was they just did it, and I oh. I just sat back and let that happen. Uh, apparently, they they know each other and. It came about that that, that he w- he wanted to lay out a story for him, and that's so awesome. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I see no reason why 
Why not to let this happen? Sure, do that. I love Ron Friends. I think he would make an awesome backup, like yeah, for Dragon. I, I, and it would be so neat to see his style. Like it would fit awesomely. Yeah, he's he's good. He's he's really good. Um, yeah, when we were when I was doing the Defenders, he he did an issue, a couple issues of the Defenders when I got deathly ill. Right. <laughs> Lost I, all feeling I, in your hands. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's still like that, by the way. Yeah. I uh, have a couple of uh, things that came my way when we put out the call for uh, Scott for questions. Scott James himself came in with some questions. Uh, uh-huh. So he says, and "This I figure since we're talking about Scott's bad hair, Scott and Gav's bad <laughs> hair day backup, might as well throw this in there real quick." Um, what is this straight from Scott? I'm his puppet at this point. What is the likelihood of a beer belly backup? In the pages of Savage Dragon. Um, well, somebody would have to give a shit about Beer Belly. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have to happen. I'm I mean, really, really it would, it would, it would, it, that, it's, that's not something I would do on my own, but right. if, somebody, if somebody was like, I really want to do this, and I got a cool story to tell, it's like, I'm not going to say no. So, <laughs> right. Work sometimes. And his follow-up was, uh, if there was a uh, any prospects of a uh, Gavin and Scott miniseries, any thoughts on that? I was uh, thinking, if anything was like that, I know the market's risky, and these are you yeah. Know, no, I think I think that would be hedging your bets, really. Uh, you, you what know? about like a I, digital I only, like with Tech Jacket? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I don't. I I think it would be a. You know, we could we could always try it and see how it goes. And, and I thought I I always thought those two would do really well on like a SOS ongoing or mini. Yeah, well, I you know it really depends on how how the market receives stuff. If if the market's like, yeah, we're totally down with this, then hey, awesome. If if not, then it's like, oh, we just took a bunch of time and yeah, weren't able to make this work. Oh well, That's- that kind of sucks. That's an interesting point, though, for like stuff we're afraid that you're afraid that won't sell, like hard copies. What's the expenses in something that's already put together in, in making even, it digital? I don't think it's I don't think it's huge. Mm-hmm. As, um, as I understand it, production costs are the same regardless if it's print or digital. Oh, really? Yeah, because they got to put it like Comicsology's got to put it into their like reader format or whatever. Well, no, or there, there's a percentage thing off the top there, but I, I, I'm talking like. The actually paying artists and creators is insane. No, but I'm saying for like backups, like say the Vanguard backup, if you wanted to make it a collection, like the yeah, stuff's we, already done. We could do that. Yeah. It'd, it'd be pretty interesting. In, yeah. I mean, in terms of just, just the work itself. Yeah. Somebody's got to do the, somebody's got to do the work. Um, and they either get paid or, or don't. And a lot of guys, you know, a lot of the backups are just guys saying, I want to be part of the book. So, yeah, can, I, or, can I be in your comic? And it's, you know, they're just doing, they're doing it for the love of doing it. Well, and a lot of these newer guys are getting a lot of exposure that they wouldn't have had, too. I, I gotta imagine. Well, I would, I would hope, you know, if 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 these guys can't get work after doing doing some of this, it's like, geez, then something's not working. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, it's, but at least it's it's nice to be able to show somebody, look, I can do work. I have done work. Here's work. It's in print. 
it looks professional next to everything else that's that's in this comic. You know, give me a chance for crying out loud. Right, right. <laughs> so, and and guys, a lot of guys who have done backups and Dragon have gone on to doing other stuff. So it's it's worked out for a few people. Maybe you know a little guy named Michel Fife. Just saying. Yeah, well, there's there's him, but there's also. Uh, <laughs> but look at Kirkman and Walker on Super Patriot. I mean, that helped. Who? Who was that first yeah, guy? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. Some, <laughs> some schmo. Yeah, but there's a lot. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, potentially just, you know, I don't know, dipping your toe in those digital, like with Tech Jacket. I have no idea if that did good for them or not. Well, it led to an ongoing print series, so it must have done something. It's a cool idea, though, um, to not take a risk with print, but just try it digitally. I understand the creative teams still have to be paid, but I guess, you know, I don't know, just be a good way to experiment. Yeah. It'd be fun to see some stuff like that. It would be. It'd be fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, talking about... Just to, to go back to uh, Gavin's story, it was kind of fun to see Lightning Bug and Wild Hair and even Amy as a cop. Uh, yeah. Used to know as She-Dragon. I like I like when Gavin does a backup. He seems to try to involve some of your older characters, and I, I think yeah, it's he, probably on purpose. He's very much in, in the, can we tie all this stuff up? Who can I? <laughs> Where, where's Wild Hair from? She, like, is, it, is she a Freak Force villain? She is a Freak, she is a freak Force, yeah. Cool. She was like in the gang war stuff too, wasn't she? Probably. Was but I, think she was, yeah. I think she was Freak Force first. So. Yeah. yeah. Lightning Bud was one of the Knicks men, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, she was one of the Knicks men. Um, yeah, and she in in like the the first the very first issue of the miniseries. There's um those those versions that had different covers and or different pinups in them. There is one of the pinups, and she was on it. She was just a character that I made up on the spot to fill up a space. That's when, like, I remember that pinup was like, (laughs) actually looked like a bunch of bricks or something. (laughs) It was pretty cool. But she was always, she's always been a character that's been kind of a villain, but leaning towards being a hero. I remember, you know, there was the issue where she was kind of shrunk to like small size with Dragon, and Dragon was actually like on her back, like, flying around yeah and you know he kind of like like you could tell she wanted to do good so it's kind of cool to see her back and i i think this is actually the first time we've seen her use her powers i could be wrong like i know we've seen her fly but i don't think we've ever seen her like shoot anything out of her hands or anything but i don't know i could be wrong (laughs) yeah i seem to recall her doing that she seems marginally more effective than most of johnny redbird's redbeard's yeah 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 most of his are pretty pretty lame (laughs) <laughs> like you can't do a damn thing just take a room and a panel that's what they're capable of I like that even the Scott James went to the trouble to even the cop behind Amy is a cop we've seen before yeah the dude the mustache <laughs> it's nice little touch yeah well that was a good story there'll be there'll be more I know, I know I need to I need to use Amy more as in the in the book and have her actually be a, a character team her up with Frank Jr. <laughs> oh, Frank's Frank's going to be in the book more, and a lot of these guys are going to be in the book more. So as time goes on and and things progress, yeah, because we're 
eventually we'll we'll be at that point where where, where Malcolm will be in the police force. So we'll get there. Spoilers. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you figure he's eighteen, so he's getting he's, up there. He's eighteen, age. so he's you know he's at that time where it's like okay, this can happen. They've been asking if if he's gonna. So it's like all right. Uh, you know, at least give this a shot for a little bit and see how how, how it plays out with him. Right. So this uh, Daredevil story, this ran back in... Uh, um, the next issue special. Right. Yeah, yeah, this was in Silver Streak. Well, it was in Silver Streak? Because that was yeah. one of the first comics we talked about in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was in Silver Streak 24 when, when we did that one. We did just as a one yeah. So, yeah, that, that was from there. And, you know, again, needed, needed a place for it. So uh, when, when, when Franks didn't take up as much space uh, and I didn't take up as much space, then, then it was, okay, well, we need something to fill up some room here. And that was, that was one of them. Uh, another possibility would, would be to... To run, I had a six pager that was done and only has only seen print in, in Herculean. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, oh, I could I could do a story with him, but uh, you know, just you have that story, pull it out, and use that in here. But I didn't have to. I, I think That's, the Daredevil story is a cool story to put into. He's a cool yeah, character. Well, it, it works. It works more just on. Uh, because he's part of the ensemble cast that's that's in the book already to to just suddenly go well here's some other random dude it's it would be fine because it's you know still still me and still my work and still something that I do but it's it's not really a character from the book so. right right and it, like I said it was neat like I, I think it, when we were talking when we were talking the beginning of the podcast and I listed all the stories it's like you cover every genre and this story almost feels like a horror comic with the colors and just just the feel of it and it's it's kind of neat that you've kind of included something like this and almost covered every base in terms of comic genres but yeah you know it's like oh we got, we, it's got romance it's got science fiction it's got yeah kind of kind of cover everything except for westerns they uh Next I like to the like use of like you know making things look old style. I mean, it's funny that even that got worked in there. So that's a thing that you're really good at, and it's kind of funny to like you know that even that found its way into your 200th issue somehow. Yeah, yeah I, I do like doing that, giving it that fake page texture. Good to show Daredevil kicking ass. I don't think at first glimpse you might like his costume, but anytime guy with a boomerang is seen by the public, I don't think people think awesome. Everybody loves Captain Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I like his. No, I'm serious. He's going to be in a movie. Um, with with this, I did have to monkey with the art somewhat uh, because of again the dimensions. The dimensions. Yeah. So his golden um, age sized, right? Yeah, his golden age sized. So I had to I had to extend the newsprint um, from from what it had been. I had to make make the newsprint go up farther than it had been before. So luckily, it looks it looks okay. I was a little concerned that that in print it might look a little funky, but it seems fine. 
And then uh, the Vanguard strip, I know in the last FinCast, we were talking to Frank about uh, Vanguard, and he was in the process of working on the cover for 200 and getting it to you. And he was joking how, like, you know, I got to get all these pages in because I got this cover in, and it'll be a spoiler, you know, because it shows whatever blowing up. And he's like, you know, I got to get this done. So apparently he didn't. (laughs) <laughs> able to finish the the last uh, few pages. No, he didn't, didn't quite pull it off. <laughs> now he's got to draw another cover. Well, the next next issue at least do, he doesn't um, because I I promised uh, the back cover to, to uh, Claiborne Moore in his dart statue. So I need to I need to put that. There's an ad that needs to run in there for that. Um, so for one co- one one month only, he doesn't get a cover. You're off the hook, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna make it happen. I tell you though, I, I love uh, Gary and Frank's Vanguard series because it feels like its own, almost like a separate universe. They 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 have like their own Vanguard universe of characters, which have yeah. been around for a while now, and it's it's kind of neat and familiar and and uh, interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like that it's got its own thing. You know, it's I was kind of sad that that Vanguard wasn't able to make it on its own as a as a book. Mm-hmm. But here they are, you know. Yeah, and I think we talked about that. I think it really suffered because there were so many different artists on that book when it came out like that. It made it I- rough. Well, it was, it was it was a mess. It, it really was because so many of the people that that you know the initial guy just kind of bailed. He wasn't able to to do it, and then it's just after that, each each successive guy had had his own baggage that came along. Like, I can I can do an issue, but I can't do it as a regular thing. Well, and we were we were talking about how many artists kind of started or got some of their earlier work through Dragon. Look how many of those artists on that first uh, Vanguard series went on to to big things too, though. They you had quite a run of different artists there, and some of those guys were already, I guess, kind of big when they when they did it, weren't they? Um, no, or was Joe was, Mad? Yeah, had was sort of. Or no, was he was well established when he did it. Um, yeah. Joe Mad though hadn't done any X Men stuff yet, right? So I think that that him coming over and doing something at Image, what that 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 became something where Marvel was suddenly like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, we can get this guy back, and so <laughs> I I think that sort of led to him doing X Men, which not that that wasn't a bad move for him. Yeah, that was my first Joe Mad exposure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he before that, I think he'd done. Uh, he'd done a couple issues of what was it X Factor? I think he did two issues of X Factor that were kind of just they were fine, but he was he was sort of finding his own at that point. He hadn't quite nailed down what his what his style was going to be and how he was going to be different from his influences. Right. Right. Well, I guess in the sake of time, we can talk a lot with um, – hopefully we'll get Frank or Gary back on to talk about the Vanguard stuff. Um, but I wanted to talk about uh, Savage Dragonbert because we hadn't seen that for oh, yeah. all the issues. Seen it since issue 100. Yeah. That, 
that it was one of my favorite backup things. It sure I mean, was. His his humor is just spot on and yeah. it's just really cool for the book. Like it just ties things yeah, together. I like it. I like it. And I and I contacted him very last minute. I kinda I should have contacted him and Chris earlier. And I, and it's and there's other people who it's you know, in retrospect it's like, Oh sh- crap, I should have I should have had a Chris G do a do a G man thing. What was I thinking? I you know my wits weren't about me. There's just so many pieces of so many things going on all at the same time that. Don Simpson. Yeah, it's like ah, I should. What was it? You know, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily thinking about every every piece of it. Oh well. <laughs> when I it's saw always three hundred. Like, <laughs> when I saw this, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Oh, it's so awesome! It is fun. I I, I love Savage Dragon Bert. Yeah, that's 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 fun stuff. I'm glad he I'm glad he he said okay, sure, I'll do it. And stepped up. It's just great that he can kind of make fun of it in a loving way. But it's (laughs) I love that fist fight in rubble filled street. Fist fight in rubble filled street. (laughs) So great. I I I asked uh, Carl to come on the show once, but he's his English isn't his first language, so he uh, he declined. Which is amazing to me. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you know, like this guy's, you know, he declined because he didn't think he could, you know, I don't know, convey his thoughts well enough or in English. But yet, you know, you read his strips and they're like, they're his yeah, his they're comedy great. is masterful. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like, so yeah, it, it was really cool. You got to convince him to come back and and, <laughs> and do I, some more. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I mean, I still, you know, I can't you think about it. Like, it's amazing to think he has a one shot of all these, you know, that, that yeah. exist. It, it's people just love it. It's a good stuff. But yeah. <laughs> and then and, and the, I got a real kick out of the desperate times, which is kind of funny because it's like he said it in real time, almost like Savage Dragon, you know, yeah. like that we're seeing these guys all grown up, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that was that was fun because uh, and, and we had we had talked about that like hey why don't here's an idea why don't you try this and I was like okay cool so I didn't I didn't know I was somehow thinking that he was going to pop ahead even further like they would be like, there would be no reason for them to be old men but <laughs> I'd be like you know these guys are just doing the same old crap but then he, he, he decided because uh, that's him that's his own it's his own life there so right. he's, he's married and he's got he's got twins so and it's amazing too to see how far he's come with you know not just a letterer but just a cartoonist and yeah. uh, how much in demand his work's been from Marvel and and doing his own stuff and yeah yeah no he's well he grew up doing I mean a lot of these guys kind of found their voice doing doing Dragon I can look back at the first uh, comic bits with with uh, Chris G yeah and and look at that and compare it to to how he got towards the end of his doing stuff in the, in the book and go, yeah, this guy grew up, found his voice on this book. And that's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of people just finding what they're doing, just seeing stuff in print is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to go, Oh, when this shrinks down, this happens to it. It's like, you don't just don't, you're just not aware of it at all. You know, and I think there's a learning curve that goes on with a, with a lot of stuff, where mm-hmm. 
you suddenly see it. I'm doing that now. We're, 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 you know, doing the twice up stuff to, to suddenly realize, oh, that's so small that you can't see it at all. Maybe I don't, maybe I don't need to work that tiny. Right, you know, right. That's that sort of thing. Um, there's instances in some of the, in some of the uh, art for, for this where I'll get the lettering in and I'll go, oh, I didn't leave anywhere near enough room for that. I need to move this character to the left or this character to the right or, or do something to accommodate them. You know, we were talking about that, that panel that, that takes place at strong old penitentiary. Um, in, in that there were, uh, I didn't leave enough room. <laughs> so it's like I had to, I had to move this guy's big white head over quite a bit in order to, to make it so that, that those balloons weren't sitting on somebody else's face. It's like, oops, screwed that one up. Um, and that it's nice to be able to control things a little bit. Like I always, part of the process to me is when I get the lettering in from Chris, I'll marry it to the art. So it's, so it's not sitting on top of it and delivering it to, to image as two separate files. They get it as a, done flattened file ready to be printed um so a lot of when, when i get stuff from chris i'll be moving lettering around a little bit or putting hands or feet or or fins in front of balloons um it's just things that i can do that can be kind of fun to screw around with nice yeah i wondered how that worked with the two up Let's, I mean, all of them, well, it's been that way since uh, 186. Hmm. The lettering's not on the, hasn't been on, on the, the boards now since, since then. And it's, you know, initially I, I resisted the whole thing. I didn't want to ever do that. I wanted to have it be lettered on the boards. I liked that idea. Right. Um, but now that I'm doing it this way, it's, it's, it is easier. And I can see why. You know, because at this point, I don't have to have a plot for a whole issue. I can just have a plot for a page. You know, I, I've drawn a page. I can get that page colored while I'm thinking about the rest of the issue. Whereas before, I would have <laughs> to, I would have to do pencil the entire issue and then letter the, you know, script the entire issue and get it all lettered and and like that. How many uh, how many issues did you get out this year? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they've been pretty much on point. I mean, little. It's it's been a little better, but I know that in one ninety three, he was starting up in the new, in the new school, wasn't he? So he was a junior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be a year ago, at least. So gotcha. there's been eight issues, so it's like, eh, yeah, lost a little ground. <laughs> By the time he is completely done with high school, I think we'll probably be 17 or 18 issues. Right, right. Of, of him with the, the funky logo and being in high school <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> so. 
So I think we're getting close to almost the two-hour mark. I had okay. a few questions. I know I have a few listeners that sent in some questions for you if uh, you care to answer. You bet. Um, I had, uh, we had Andrew D'Entremont who asks, will Alex ever show up again? She just showed up. Yeah, she did. What? <laughs> right. yeah. All the time. No, she's, she was in during Dragon's, when Dragon was in, in the trial in 185. Right. Yeah. No, I remember that. She was watching TV. Um, yes, she will eventually be back. Not, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily in a in a big active role, but we'll at least touch on her and and what she's up to. Maybe she'll go visit Dragon in jail or something. <laughs> uh, not necessarily that, but we might do a I might do a story which is, you know, the, the Malcolm goes someplace else, and that happens to be the same place where where she's at. Gotcha. And and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know that I want to have her necessarily hanging out with or being back in contact with uh, dragon again. So I think there's some, there's some, uh, there's some pain there. There's some, you know, stuff, stuff that went on. Right. I don't know that I can just be like, Oh, now it's totally fine. Well, I think as a reader, I, I think we've kind of gone through that phase. Like you say, your dragon's kind of on the back burner. I want to see some newer characters get the, the you know, the spotlight you only have you know 20 something pages a, a, a month and no, it's, it's, like... it's it always seems like space is at it as totally at a premium you know right. the book it's like oh I've only, i can only touch on this so much i need to get through all this and and every issue represents you know a month right 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 what do, I, what do i do here i need to i need to accomplish this 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 and this get the characters from here you know, it's like I'm doing an issue now where it's snowing outside and there's a Christmas tree in somebody's apartment. And it's like, yeah, by the time this shows up, Christmas will be over if I'm actually having there be some kind of a Christmas acknowledgement in the issue after that. Um, that means we're we're pushing into February and still talking about Christmas. At some point, we got to start catching up a little bit right right gotcha <laughs> which is why i don't mention their birthdays all the time because it would just be non-stop <laughs> yeah oh, it's like another oh, birthday oh, issue birthday? <laughs> yeah, you know there's every year because <laughs> it's like there's everybody's gonna have a birthday and everybody's there's gonna be a christmas every year right, if, we, right. if we mention it every year and it's like, oh, this is issues. This book's nonstop birthdays and holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Just like real life. Just, you know, except that, except that all of us, we go, there's probably 358 days a year that we don't give a shit about, you know, that, that isn't anything particularly special. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of go, okay, well, let's concentrate on some of those days rather than have it be nonstop this other stuff. All right, next question. Let's go through. <laughs> Joseph Fat Gomez. He asks, "Is the new twice up format more time consuming?" And he said, yes. "Loved issue one ninety nine. There you it, go. Yes, <laughs> it is considerably more time consuming. Uh, Matt Kind. There's no I, two ways around it. Yes, <laughs> we figured. 
It's what, what would you say in terms of time, though? Like, are you talking about an extra half a day, or is there any number that you could put to that, or how much longer it takes to do it this way, or uh, like a page? Shoot. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know because I haven't Just really. Depends tried, on what you're drawing. Time myself on. on <laughs> I do know that that when I was doing uh, regular comics. And there would be times it'd be like, you really got to get this stuff done. And I could do three or four pages a day if pushed to it. Um, this, it's like, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really difficult to do that. All right. Next question. Matt Kine says, why were Super Patriot and Vanguard in so many extreme books? <laughs> uh, because they're cool characters. Because they're <laughs> I I don't know. They wanted to use them, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't using them. Um, hey, don't don't shoot the messenger. Uh, Just I know that Gary Carlson was at one point writing stuff. At, right. And, yep. So he's going to use his guy. That made sense. I know that you know when when there was that new brigade and they were using characters from everybody's book. That that made a certain amount of sense to have it be well have it be Vanguard be part of that group rather than say have Savage Dragon be going over and hanging out with those guys. Right, right. Yep, makes sense. Uh, John Turner asks, if you had the time, and assuming Marvel was on board, would you do an arc or something like Savage Hulk, like a classic Hulk set in the past? What? You mean like a comic for Marvel? I guess. He said, <laughs> if you had the time, and no, I'm no. assuming if Marvel was on board, I, I guess he's asking if you would do like a... If I would do stuff at Marvel, no. There you it, go. At this point, I'm 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 done with with. Doing you had you had mentioned in the past that you had made a pitch to do like a Hulk like way that back was in the day, like right? Twenty five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a while back. And uh, our pal uh, Michelle Fife says, can, "Can you draw everyone from Charlton Tower, Valiant, First, Ultraverse, Epic, 2000 AD, Jade Men, and traditional comics?" I guess he wants to see our version of everybody. <laughs> that's sure. it sure. <laughs> well that was our uh, listener questions um, I had a few quick ones myself if you can spare yeah. a few more minutes yeah. uh, I've got a we... dental appointment at 3 so we can't get into that but... we, won't, uh, we won't take up much more of your time <laughs> um, are there any other experiments out there that you have in mind that you haven't tried in the book um, no. And that, that does what, what it lately, what I've been doing, which is, um, not necessarily a huge, like huge experiment, like, Oh, that's difficult. How in the world are you going to do it? But I've been doing is, is just picking a certain artist and going, okay, this is, I'm this issue. I'm just doing Mike Mignola panel arrangements. You know, it's just yeah. his panel configurations, the way he stacks those rectangles on a page. That's what I'm doing. Um, nice. And actually, did that in issue 200. Those are all. That's all Mignola. Uh, oh, all right. That's all Mignola panel shapes. As is 201. Scoop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. But there's nothing to it. You know, it's not like. It's not like it's his compositions. It's not like his shading or, or anything. I don't know that anybody would really even notice at all. But I would just, you know, just from a starting point, okay, how can I? 
essentially what I want, what I do a lot of times is just take things off the table mm-hmm. because there are, when you can do anything you want, it's so, there's so many options. There's so many different variables that can go into that, that it becomes daunting. You just go, ah, anything I want. Absolutely. Anything I want. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, anything you want, you know? So to go, all right, well, I'm going to do an issue, which is all entirely uh, six panel grids with, with no variations on that at all. Suddenly it's, that's, that's like, Oh, okay, good. That takes so many things off the, off the table that I can just concentrate on filling those panels in an interesting way. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and same thing with doing this. It's like, you know, you, every page you got to find a, a Mike Mignola panel that, or page that has panels stacked in an interesting way. Right, right. You know, so it's, yeah. if, if, if one got out all the Hellboy issues and we're like looking for it, they could probably find every every page in here like oh yeah this one has three tiny panels on the top and then a long panel and whatever <laughs> and it's you know whatever by the time i'm done putting in my fat ass panel borders between things and screwing <laughs> around it but it's 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 not really the same but it's it's still a starting point right. um and i'll likely do that with with other people and just find different ways of doing it it seems like it's almost like a game for you to just kind of keep yourself interested or challenge it, challenge to do kind of these things. Just it, it is. is. It, it's it just really. It's it's just a matter of of paring it down because, mm-hmm. like I say, you can do anything. Is it's so broad that it's it's tough. Like when we were doing Pop Gun, and it was yeah, we just want you to do comics, do whatever the hell you want. That's more difficult than doing the next issue project where somebody just hands you something and just goes, okay, do the next one of these. This is something that's done. These characters exist. What's the next adventure of this guy who's got a big T on his shirt? What's he all about? (laughs) You know, or just taking that and going, oh, okay, I'm going to write a story about that. You know, a guy that eats Tootsie Rolls. I was actually really tempted to um, do a story with Captain Tootsie just to rip off a Herb Trimpey cover. <laughs> um, uh, Doc Sampson has the his, his costume is based on Captain Tootsie's costume. I didn't even know that, but it's, it's when you see it and them next to each other, it's like, oh yeah, it's the same costume except <laughs> instead of a T on his shirt, he's got a lightning bolt. Um, but I was there's a the first Doc Sampson cover. I was like, I should totally just rip this off. It'd be awesome. Um, but I'm not super big on homage covers either, so <laughs> I totally support that. Could do it for opening <laughs> splash pages or something like that. <laughs> you should totally rip off. Yeah, do do that. That'd be <laughs> awesome. So, uh, just uh, last question for you. I don't know if uh, my fellow fincasters have any questions, but I'm interested to know if we're going to see any other projects in 2015 other than Dragon. Like, do you have anything else in the pipeline? Uh, I know, you know, we always ask you about Ant and the status on that, but uh, what do you got going on that you know that that yeah, you can I know talk I about? Do, it's like <laughs> I do want to. I do want to finally get Ant and print. 
that's something I want to do. I, I do know that I want to do more with uh, Jack Champion, who is in, nice. in giant size kung fu Bible stories. Kung fu Bible stories. It's like I, I want to do a million things. Whether or not I'm going to be able to find the time to do it and do Dragon is is a question, you know? Yeah. I'm it's been. It's like I, at this point, I've, I've written a couple of screenplays that need to be revised. I need to do some revisions on those. Mm-hmm. I need to find time to do that. The romance thing? Uh, yeah, that and the, the uh, I did a Savage Dragon one. That's I knew when I wrote it, it was like I'm using way too much stuff directly from the comic that honestly doesn't translate that well when, right. when you're starting to to have it be actual stuff you go oh okay characters yep. can say an awful lot jumping in the air in a comic they can't really do that <laughs> a, you gotta do it at least once have a conversation in midair mid punch yeah it's it's you can't do that you know you really can't <laughs> it's it's like a lot of stuff you you think oh this works well in this medium and when you translate it into something else it's like yeah that doesn't work anymore I want it to. It would be awesome <laughs> if it did work, but it doesn't. Anime does it all the time. <laughs> well, it's it's not anime. I know. <laughs> no, and it, and it's it, people get really hung up on like superhero costumes and go, oh, how come they just don't use the ones from the from the comics? You go because the, the ones from the comics aren't anything, and you and you you really don't until you're working in that. And, and actually having to deal with it, you don't really think that much about the fact that there aren't such thing in real life as unstable molecules. <laughs> and that suddenly you're going, well, no, this, this costume actually has to be made of a, a functional real material. You can't just have it be a made-up material. It's got to be something. If right. Captain America's costume is transitioning magically from uh, chainmail to being cloth at his head. How do we make that? Yeah, we, we've got to. You know, what? What is it when the Fantastic Four are wearing those costumes? Is that is that spandex? Is that tights? Or or are they wearing some kind of coverall? Well, and that's why you would think that Dragon would translate pretty well into a superhero movie because he wears a police uniform. Yeah. You know, and you can have villains. Like yeah, the, Morlock type really villains. The, the problem you, you're going to come with Dragon is the minute he has to get into a police car and yeah. you go, oh shit, he's got a thing on his head that takes up space. <laughs> There's not that much headroom. There's not enough headroom in a, in a police car based, you know, because he's, he's five foot ten plus all of that height is being added from the waist up. Turn into a gag. Right. He punches his fist through the ceiling. <laughs> What's just wrong? uses that weird cop car from the cartoon with no yeah. roof. <laughs> yeah. It's like here we go. <laughs> and and for the listeners, uh, Raven brought up uh, the romantic comedy screenplay, and I know you don't want to talk too much about that because you don't want to let any of you know the cat out of the bag on yeah. what you're trying to do with that. But uh, you did mention that you wrote a romantic yeah, comedy yeah. screenplay. It's it's it's, it's done. Um, and again, it needs. You need some slight revisions, not as much as as the dragon one does, actually. Less talking uh, while jumping, I assume. 
Yeah, less talkable <laughs> jumping. There is comic book stuff in it though, um, but it's not. Nice. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not chasing Amy. It's more <laughs> chasing Amy than than Batman. <laughs> you know. It, yeah. So it, it doesn't exist in a in a comic book world, but it exists in a world in which there are comic books. So. Gotcha. In a world where people read comic books. Yeah, what a world so, that would be. What a world. It's so different from the it's, one I'm aware of. And speak casually about them. Oh, it's like, oh, comics, aren't they awesome? So good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in love with you and comics. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's you or Batman 267. I'm not sure. I'll be spending the night with one of them. But... <laughs> So tempting. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it'll, it'll it'll either be something at some point or it won't. It's but it, it it's another one of those things that that all this stuff takes time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and you and you start going into it. It's like okay, well, if it takes you a week to do this and it takes you a month to do that. You know, the unfortunate thing about drawing comics is it takes a lot of time. Right. Um, and then, and then it's like, okay, well, if you're doing ant, are you going to do that twice up too, or yeah. do you just go, you know, fuck it, I'm going to find some different style that works on this book that is different from what I'm doing on on Savage Dragon. Just, just have it be its own thing, which I right. I'm kind of thinking I'm doing on that. I I am. Kind of interested in the idea of doing flat color on everything but Ant herself. So like everything else is completely flat, well chosen color, and she is just the color just is hops just torqued. (laughs) Everything about it is just like you just go really overboard, and it makes it stand out a little bit more. That'll be interesting to see. It's kind of hard to envision in my mind. I, it's, it's, it's kind of like how dragon is colored, except that, I mean, cause we're doing that a little bit now. We're, yeah. We're this, Everything we're in the foreground. It's like, okay, this is going to be flat this part. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hmm. If we get there, I need to get there. <laughs> Coming 2008. <laughs> well, it's, you know, there's always stuff that, that comes up. You know, well, it only it only took eight years for Jack Champion to to show up. So yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know it's I don't and I don't want it to be that where where everything takes forever. You know? And it killed me too because I was just like, oh damn, this is so rife with like other stories. <laughs> like, I want to know more. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, you read it and it's like oh, this could be more than it is, and that's another thing that that I think that one is easily could be turned into a screenplay kind of thing because it's just it's got kids it's got you know blah 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 it's got all these elements that that work um going into other dimensions all this fun stuff so yeah i mean we're coming to the over the two hour mark yeah giant size we we hit it all yeah (laughs) i guess split this up into six episodes (laughs) well it's such an awesome comic it took like an hour to get through and i'm still rereading it and finding new cool things about it and just like by prepping for this interview rereading it and 
and just catching a lot of things I didn't catch on the first or second time. It's it's oh, yeah. it's a great book. It kudos to you. It really Thanks, came Julie. out together really really well. Yeah, and, uh, I'm happy with with all of it. Really, <laughs> some of it was really like, oh my god, is this going to get in on time? Yeah, just really yeah. by the seat sewing pants was like, oh crap. Uh, but happily, it all came together. So. Yay. Also, uh, we had another anniversary. Our FinCast is three years old this month as well, which is amazing because I just don't know where the three years went. But we've had a lot of fun kind of talking Savage Dragon, being kind of Savage Dragon nerds and just having the opportunity to to you know talk to each other and talk to the pros and getting you on every once in a while, Eric, has just been really cool and really fun to really kind of just yeah. be able to talk to you and, and learn your process and, and – <laughs> tap into your head and see I mean, you know. really, if, you, if you want to have me on more frequently i'm i'm, I'm totally fine with that cool it's cool. I appreciate it's, it's it. a good time one yeah. of my buddies yeah. said when i first joined up and he, he was like so it's uh, about one book i was like <laughs> we yeah. got that a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's about one book but it's monthly it's not like we're doing it you know you know a lot of these podcasts are weekly and stuff yeah. like that but, you know I, I just do it it's just because it's weekly on this that would be something yeah, uh, <laughs> that other issue, man. Uh, so. Well, to be fair, we've gotten away from like doing re- uh, retro reviews and stuff like that. There's always room for. There's so much. You get over 20 years of content. Oh yeah, that's true. We could fill in probably a weekly podcast for a little while at least. But well, yeah. we started off going gung ho like we're gonna do this every two weeks, and it's just you know. Now I have two kids yeah. and, you know, people are working and it's, it's hard sometimes just to meet up. Like I work from home on some days that we do the podcast and take two hours to do the podcast and make up the time or something because we have weird work schedules and, yeah. you know, East Coast, West Coast things going on. But, you know, it's you, always a treat to sit down and, and, and talk about it and get some of the pros in. I, you know, over the past three years, we've had a lot of fun. I mean, the, the episode with um, Josh uh, – Acorn or Icorn, however you pronounce his last name, that was really fun. You know, talking to Frank Fosco for the first time and just hearing his accent and stuff like that. Was <laughs> neat. You know, getting Ka- Gary Carlson on the line, Joe Keating, um, the emergence of Virgil. Yeah, yeah. The appearance of Virgil in the book. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> Simon was like, "Oh my god!" It's <laughs> like, look. He's like, "Look at this panel." I was like. <laughs> He's like, it's Virgil, bro. I was like, yeah. I was like, that yeah, is that was, freaking that amazing. Fun. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> I like to be able to do that. Have him, have him show up. Yeah. Uh, so right, anyway, but yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, joining real, us, Eric. And we real had... quick, I don't want you to leave before I say this because man, this, this blows my mind. All right, Eric, real quick, me and Mister Calculator and Mister Wikipedia page had a little date before the show. It looks like. In the last 20 years and six months, you cranked out 4,451 pages. Huh. Yeah, that's, that, those are the pages that he those wrote. Those are the pages in. that only like wrote and drew. There were more, I'm sure. But those are just pages that were published. The page count does fluctuate somewhat in the regular book. Do you actually go through and be like, all right, this one's 22, and this one's 20, and this one's 17. Well, it's all listed on the Wikipedia, on the wiki, so you can... Uh-huh. And, that, and Gavin even has it broke up, like, 10 pages here, 8 pages here, 4 pages here. That was hell. 
So, <laughs> so, so what was that number again? And that that's probably all like the main story. That's so. main stories, and every now and then there would be a one that Eric wrote and drew, and it just had a different anchor. That still counts too. Oh, so okay. how, how many? So like issue one hundred. That's got a lot of that. Oh yeah, so four thousand four hundred fifty-one pages Holy hit in crap. twenty years, six months. Little little context: Dave Sim hit six thousand pages in twenty-seven years. So at the rate you're going, averaging about eighteen <laughs> pages a month, you're gonna hit him in seven years. <laughs> Page count, anyway. Ah oh, man, <laughs> chomping on his heels. This is gonna happen. Shit just got real. Yeah. No, I, I wanna I wanna do it. I wanna, I wanna get to that magic three hundred and pass it. Nice. It's awesome. It's gonna take a while. I mean hopefully the next hundred will go a little quicker than the previous hundred. I, I don't plan on becoming an image comics publisher in the midst of all that. Uh, <laughs> that, that that was my biggest dry spell was Yeah, was, I think they're doing okay now. Yeah, they're doing just <laughs> fine and that's and that's awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. So cool. Well, unless you guys had any other questions, I think we'll let the guy go eat his lunch or something probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> I'm stopping. But thanks, Eric. All right, guys. Great to have you. Uh, it's good to we'll be see here. See you around. Man. Thanks for chatting us up. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Whoa, what an awesome interview. Holy I'm cow. Pouring down my face. <laughs> I always love having Eric on. It's 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 the real deal. It's Makes good it times. all worthwhile. And it's a historical uh I mean, accomplishment. The road to 300 is just. Pew. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Totally yeah. awesome. So should we talk about the next uh, next episode? That's <laughs> too much awesome. I'm like blown away. I'm like speechless. Yeah. What could, po- what could the next up. issue possibly bring us? Take us possibly further on this high. <laughs> In Savage Dragon 201. Following the cataclysmic events of our awe-inspiring 200th issue, Malcolm Dragon comes face-to-face with the new head of the Vicious Circle. It's a battle like none you've seen before. I just gotta say that's a really vague description in context with uh, issue 200's events. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, gotta keep it guessing. Make it up as you go along, more like. (laughs) <laughs> Gotta keep them coming back. What's the? Do you remember what the cover I'm of sure that is? Dart. Yellow skies yeah. and dart thighs. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> It'll be interesting head. to learn how she got out of uh, the prison there. I'm gonna guess feminine wiles. What? <laughs> you know, alluring looks. <laughs> little little elbow shake. Yeah, look like those correctional officers are really feeling it. <laughs> they they told her to stare all they want. All right, they did. That's how I read it. Stare all you want, bitch. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's probably not at all what happened. I like that all theory right. that the three cops were in on it. Yeah, we'll see. It, it's got something. Something's got to give, right? Dart just throws the dart she down. Just at. kicks That'll the be- wall down and goes. Look, I was super strong all along. <laughs> she's got a dart hidden under her tongue, and she's going to flick it out and blow up the door. Bro, just realized the god dart. 
The return of the god boomerang. It just comes sailing back on the panel and she catches it. (laughs) It's going to be great. Either way, 201, we're stomping all down your back, Cerebus. We're coming for you. (laughs) Better watch out. Yeah, so I think that wraps wraps it up. up. Uh, Happy anniversary, guys. Three years going strong. Can you believe it? That wraps it up like a Mr. Monster condom on a State Fair zucchini. <laughs> nice. I think we got to end on that note. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks everybody. for listening. All right. See ya. The Savage Fincast is a member of the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is part of the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicspodcast.com. Also, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash savagefincast.